Okay, Boker Tov, we continue in the Gemara Moi Kutten Zayin Amid Aleph, and we just got into the Sugya, and we're going to discuss uh, much more in depth today the idea of can the Kohen go to a potential or Mitzorah's house on Cholamoid to decide if he's a Mitzorah or not. And the issue is how will this impact on the Mitzorah or potential Mitzorah's enjoyment of the holiday of Chol Hamoi. And we discussed the, uh, the um, different categories of Mitzorah. Okay, and the point is the following. Do they, at what state do they have to leave the community? And at that point as well, they have to rip their garments and cover themselves up, which applies only to a muchlat mitzora, a mitzora who is for sure a mitzora. And also, does he have to separate from his wife? Now, the Gemara, we will see, a mitzora muskar. That means a mitzora who the coin says, well, it looks bad, but we're not sure yet what's the story. So he does not have to leave the community Okay, but he is prohibited from his wife. All right, that's step one. Uh, step two, it's going to skip, or let's say the coin checks him seven days later, and now he is tohar after Hesker. The Kohen says, okay, you're okay. It never was that bad. So now he never left the community, so he's still with the community. What he gains, he doesn't have to be separated from his wife. So he has what to gain on that account. So now, keeping all these ideas... Okay, now, a Mitzora Muchlat is when after he stays for seven days to check it out, the coin says, no, you are definitely a Mitzora. So now, this is the only time he must leave the community outside the camp for seven days. But the flip side is, he no longer has to separate from his wife. Okay, and then we have Tohar after Hechlet. So now that he was a Mitzora for for sure, when the coin now says that he's okay. After seven days. No, 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 after seven more days. Yeah. So now he says, okay, now we can purify you. So now he can come back to the community, but for the days he still has to wait a number of days afterwards, even though we're going to purify him, and he has to be separated for his wife for the next seven days till he becomes completely tohor. So, one second. So, let's just take a look at the various situations. One second. That you have four possibilities now for the coin to be invited to see how the fellow is doing. So, let's see what the issues are. So, starting with the fellow has... Uh, nothing. Right now he's starting with nothing. He doesn't know. He's going to ask the coin to check. So now, what are the two possible? Well, there's three possibilities. When a, a regular person who's not a mature yet, what can happen? The coin can look at him and say, everything's fine. So, it was good before, he's good now. And now all doubts have been removed. Now, if the coin is not called, till the coin is called, the fellow cannot be a mature. No matter what, even if he's a full-fledged, has all the symptoms, the coin isn't called, then nothing happens. So the issue is, we're going to call him on Cholamoy. 
So until he coin does anything, he's tar. Starts off suspicious, maybe, but tar. So either the coin's going to do one of three things. He's going to say, you're fine. So nothing changed. Everything's good. He could say, well, you have some sign. So we're going to have to keep you away for a week. But mean to say, he doesn't have to leave the community. He stays in his house, but he cannot be with his wife. That's not going to make him too happy on Yontif. Or the Kohen can say, you are for sure a Mitzorah. On the first time he can say it. First time, this is for sure, no doubt. You got all the symptoms. Now he has to leave the community, but he does not have to separate from his wife. Now, if the, now that he's been a, if, if let's say now he is, was confined for a week, he was Matsura Muskar, but now after a week he says, no, you're fine. So he never left the community. Now he's permitted to his wife because he never really was a for sure Mitzora. But he was a for sure Mitzora. And now the coin says, okay, now you're okay. And now we begin the process, but there's still seven days until he's totally pure. And now he is what? He can come back to the community, but he has to separate from his wife until those seven days pass. These are the rules, notwithstanding Cholomoy. You can see how each way Cholomoy can be impacted. What's the upside and downside of each thing? Depending on, in one case, when he's Mitzorah Muchlat, he has to leave the community, and if a guy's a social butterfly, he's going to feel very unhappy, nobody to have Kiddush with, no one to make Lachaims with, no one to schmooze with. That's not good. On the other hand, there's a problem that he has to be separated from his wife. That's also not a good situation. And the question is, which is the lesser of two evils? Okay, now that we reviewed that idea, now we're happy to take questions. No, see if I still remember. Okay. So, it's right there. You don't have to remember anything. Okay, so, no, the question, I mean. Oh. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so, so, when you say separated from his wife, does that mean... Does that mean intimacy. Intimacy, but not for just being in the same room with her? It doesn't mean... Being in the same room with her, but it can't yeah. be intimate with okay. her. Okay, so, 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 is that related to, is that related to, uh, to uh, a punishment, or is that related to contagiousness? It's not, it's not a contagious disease. So, so what's it? What, what's it related to then? What do you mean? What's it related? Well, I mean, what's the why, reason, why the what's, what's the reason for the restriction then? Why the restriction then? Okay. Everything has a purpose, right? Okay. So what? What is? What is, what is usually the result of a person who speaks Russian heart? Okay. What if? What if I uh, say to one of you fellows? You should know, um, I was overhearing your wife and she was talking to some of her friends and she was really saying a lot of nasty things about you. Okay, is that Russian horror? Yes. Yeah. Okay, what's gonna happen when one of you guys now sees your wife and hears about that? Uh, somebody's sleeping on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so now you know what it feels like. You come. One of the big things of Russian horror is separates Makes, it creates maritable, marital, not bliss, <laughs> okay, uh, disharmony. So you spoke Russian. So now we're going to see you see how it feels to not be with your wife. Right? That's, right. what That's what I figured. Okay. That's what it's about. You know, and you're, you're, and you're not a, you're, and more than that, because at a deeper level, we know that uh, when, you're, when you're married, that makes you a mensch, makes you a full autumn. 
Male and female is a complete autumn. When a person speaks Lashon Hara, he really is not acting like an autumn. It's, it's, it's such a disgusting behavior. And, and whatever you get saras for, you're stingy and things like that, you are, you've dehumanized yourself. So now you'll know you're not a human. You're not with your wife. And you're not with your wife. You're not a complete person. So realize that you're missing. Uh, and, and specifically, Lush and Hara and all these Averis, they're very harmful in relationships. You're hurting, a, you don't lend money to other people. That does not help the relationship with mankind. You're breaking up uh, shalom bias or friendships with people. Isn't that what the upshot of most Lush and Hara is? Like, why are we saying Lush and Hara just for the sake of it? It's because you're, you're harming someone. And usually you're causing strife and lack of shalom. So you're going to lose your shalom bias and you won't be with your wife. It's a very reasonable punishment. Yeah? In the individual where it talks about the laws in the Torah, does it specifically say you have to separate from the community? It's, it, 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 the Gemara is going to get to it in the next Amud. The Gemara is going to say what's the source for this. All these things, what's the source? It's one, again, the, this is a kind of Gemara. It's the way Gemara always is. It just throws you into the middle of the lake, start swimming, and now we'll give you a paddle. And I will give you a life preserver. And so, like, you'd like to know all that stuff beforehand. Mars assuming you know all this. Or even if you don't assume you know all this stuff. So we're going to keep you in the dark. And this is what's going on. And then it just, all these things. Well, how do you know this? How do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know it's to wait only until the coin says something? All these things. I know. But you're starting in the Gomorrah. And the Gomorrah is jumping you in and says, can you have call the coin in or not? So you got to know a lot of facts, and quite often the Gemara just jumps into the question and then works its way backwards. Yeah. We can equate the Shonara with with uh, Tara. In other words, sorry. Do we equate? Equate. Yeah. Equate. Sorry, I didn't hear. Yeah. Sorry. We can equate these two as being the same, the Shonara and Amit. Uh, what? Yes. One, yes. One. No. So there's a punishment of tzaras. Why? Tzaras comes for a number, a number of possible things. The most prominent one is Lashon Hara. Right. There's another one of being stingy. And there's other Averis that the Gemara mentions. So, About six or seven different Averis. But the most prominent is Lashon Hara. So that's the only case you will get on the Torah when you do one of these things. Yes. It has nothing to do with physical disease, exactly. nothing to do with COVID-19. Nothing to do with yes, any yes, yes. Okay. Uh, psoriasis. Yes. Again, the word psoriasis obviously comes from the word saras. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, you ask them, where's psoriasis? Right? It comes from saras. And why? Because it's a skin disease. But the, the saras is, as we've learned in the Rambam, it's nothing like psoriasis. It's just a redness, not doesn't say anything about scaly and flaking and things like that, which is the biggest problem of psoriasis. So it's 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 a miraculous reality of a skin condition that no doctors can treat, except the coin. And the only way he treats it is by finding a way to help the Jew do tshuva on the sin that he did. So and nowadays we don't have it. That miraculous reality does not exist. Hashem has other ways of uh, treating us if we uh, speak Lashon Hara. All right, so that was the issue. All right, so we can flip is that, this. Is that related to the temple not being there? 
Yeah, if you if you have you have to have a temple because there's no way to purify yourself. You have to have korbanos and and the waters and all these different things. And if you don't have a base of mikdash, you can't do this. So that's part of the reason why it's it's not there. Okay, so the Mishnah had said we had a machlokes between Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. Rabbi Meir says you may call the Kohen to check out the skin condition. And he says, to be lenient, but not to be strict. That's what Rabbi Meir said, meaning you bring him to improve the situation, not to make the situation worse. So on a simple level, it means if the client sees something worse, he's quiet about it and doesn't say anything. Remember, as long as the coin doesn't say anything, nothing changes. Okay, we'll have to see exactly. So some situations, it's clear. When the fellow didn't have, was not a Mitzora yet, and he asks him, to, looks kind of suspicious, so the coin can come to tell him what's lenient, to say, you're clear, and everything's fine. Or he could, and not to say what's bad. I, what if he actually sees there's real Tzara's there? He's entitled to withhold the information, because as long as the coin doesn't say anything, it doesn't happen. So his yantav is not interfered with. Even though the coin knows it may be. That's right. That's, that's what Rabbi Meir holds. It's a machlokas. The Chachamim say no. Chachamim say no. You can't do it to be lenient or to be strict, meaning to say you don't come at all. You don't come at all. Because if you would come, and you'd like to be lenient, but you see as a Mitzvah, you're not allowed to withhold if you've come to the fellow. We'll see later on, you can delay for a little while. Let's say when you check the guy's house, the cows can have leprosy. And when the coin sees, there's real leprosy there. But the problem is if he announces the house's tummy, everything in the house is tummy. So the coin says, I'll give you 20 minutes before I make my pronouncement, get everything out. There he's not withholding it, he's just delaying it. And that's for the person's benefit. He doesn't want everything in the house to become tummy. But that's a delay. But to just out and out not say it, that's the machlokes, Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. Come and say, you can't go to say, well, we're looking for good and not for bad. You, you got to say what is. And therefore, if you have to say what is, then better yet not to come at all. So it would come out a simple argument. Let's say the guy was tar. The guy was, was fine. He's first inspection. Rabbi Meir says, you can bring him. Why not bring him? If it's good, you'll say. If it's bad, you won't say. Come and say, no. Once you see, you have to say. So now you're in a potentially bad situation. Better he shouldn't come at all. If he doesn't come at all, don't call him. Because if you don't call him, he didn't see anything. He's not withholding anything. And you're entitled to not call him. That's the very simple understanding of that Mishnah. To which we now go into the Brisa and get into this discussion. Tanya, we learned in the Brisa, it's just going to be saying over the Mishnah with more detail to know who this Chachamim is. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir says, You can check the Nega, again, Nega means the affliction of potential Tzaras or actual Tzaras, to be lenient, but not to be strict. Rabbi Yossi Omer, he says, No, Lo Lahokov, Lo Lahachmir. You don't go either to be lenient or stringent, which means you don't go at all. Why? 
Now we get a little more detail. The Brisa adds detail to which the Mishnah did not say. Because if you involve yourself to make him lenient, you're already going to him. Well, you have to go both ways. You have to go with him even to be strict. And therefore, in other words, once you've seen what it is, you must say what you have to say. And therefore, better don't go. So really, the Machlokes right now, in a very cryptic way, so Machlokes, does a coin go to inspect a Mitzorah or potential Mitzorah on Cholomoy? Reb Meir says you go if you can. You go for the purpose of making life better for him, but not worse. I, if it's worse, don't say anything. While the Rabbi Yehuda, now we know, is the Chachamim, he says just don't go at all. Now the question is going to be, but we already showed you before. There are four potential situations, really five potential situations. Are they arguing in which one of these situations are they arguing in? Well, when the coin goes, otherwise... No, no, there, the... there's five potential situations. But the coin has to go. Well, no, no, no. But, but, so there's a machlokes, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda. Do they argue in every one of these situations? Maybe some situations, there's no argument. Maybe they'll both agree. Because now we got to reevaluate every possible situation where there's going to make a difference between what they hold. In some of the situations, you got nothing to lose sometimes where nothing really changes and things can only be for the better. So we will see. We will see. It's, it's going to get tricky. So we will see. But, you know, there's five possible situations. The guy had nothing, and we're checking the first time. Now, the coin can say, oh, no, you are a muskar. We're not sure yet. So now when you come to check that, you um, that's a second situation. Uh, another situation is that, no, you're for sure, uh, for sure, Tame. Now we're going to check that. And then we have a situation. Uh, well, those are the three. Those are the three main ones that happened. Either he was tar, and what's going to happen to him next? He, he was doubtful. How do we resolve the doubtful situation? Or he was certain. How do we resolve the certain situation? The question is, is there situations where it can only be lenient? And therefore, everybody would agree that it only can be a good situation or not. So therefore, we got to know, do they argue in every one of these situations or only or maybe only in one situation? Because maybe there's nothing can go wrong where there is effectively no difference. How is that coin going no in advance? He doesn't. He doesn't. So then he has to So no, no. Then the question is that he may if you hold like Rabbi Yehuda and you get a call on Khalamah, you say, you know, I'm gonna go after Yantuf. That's all. Because it it could it could make your Yantuf bad. So I'm just not gonna check. Because once I check, I gotta say. And I can make your Yantuf bad. Now remember, you gotta know what makes Yantif bad. Yeah. Does being away from people socially make Yantif bad? Or does being away from your wife intimately make Yantif bad? Depending on that, that will determine if you're gonna say the coin should look or not. What if the guy what if what if we say being socially involved is better than is much more important than being intimate with your wife? Then, you know, then if, if something could affect your social status, then that would be a negative. 
but it could be reversed. It could be if it's more important to the his wife. Basically, we're dealing with extrovert versus introvert. Basically, not 100%. There's some people, you know, let's put it this way. There's some guys, when they when shul is over, and I see this often as I walk home from shul. For me, when shul's over, I have one job, to get home and be with my family. Right? Now, there's other people who, oh, hi, shop down the street, and he shmoos for half an hour with the guy, and your wife's at home. Oh, I got caught up by schmoozing. I'm sure about world affairs. You were going to decide if they blow up Ukraine or not, you know, because your discussion is going to make all the difference in the world. And if you had to talk to him for a half an hour, and your wife foolishly uh, or un, 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 not, say, thinks you're in shul, right? And whenever I see guys doing that, when I'm in a certain mood, I say, guys, your wives are waiting. You all the guys I say, guys, your wives are waiting for you. What are you schmoozing over here for? So you could tell if a guy's really doing that, I mean, for a long time. I'm not talking a one minute. Okay, one minute schmooze, how you doing this and that, you're being a mensch. But some of the, you could tell the guy's like parked. Like when I'm walking and I'm at the beginning of the block and it takes about seven minutes for me to get to where I see people. So, and they're still schmoozing after seven minutes. I would just say, you know, guys, don't you have wives that, you're, uh, that are waiting for you? You know, and they may not like what I have to say. But I, so because some guys, you know, what do I care about my wife? I got my friends. Right? There's other guys. I want to be with my wife. What I, I know I have friends, but my wife is more important. So that, it, you know, it, that is a reality. The question is, what is more painful? So it depends on your, um, the, the way you view life. Many yeah. years ago, many years ago, I used to have a boss who used to call a meeting of his staff, like, like which was me and a few other people, and we'd be sitting in his office until all kinds of hours, and he's just kind of rambling about nonsense. And, and, and yeah. we wonder, why, why, when we I go home, why are we sitting here? So, you know, and then we found out eventually that he didn't really like to go home yeah. to his wife. <laughs> so he would just sit and schmooze with his subordinates sure. Sure. until all hours. And uh, and eventually he got divorced. He's through there, too. Okay, amazing. Okay, so now. Now that we have the basics, now we really got to dig in. And we're probably going to be on this for at least two more days. So now the two issues. Two issues have to be explained over here. Issue number one is, who do we rule like? Do we rule like Reb Mayer who says, we check to be lenient and not strict? Or do we rule like Reb Yehuda that we don't check at all? Second, in which one of these areas... Is there the argument? Maybe there's no argument, Reb Meir in one of these areas. They both agree that maybe you do check or you don't check. Where is the argument per se? Now this is a second issue and they're worked at simultaneously. So let's take it slow. Amar comes along Reb Yehuda Nasi and he says, Nirin Divir Reb Meir B'Muskar I seem to like the opinion of a mayor when we're dealing with a Mitzorah who is Muskar. What's Muskar is the one who is <clears throat> just put away and will give a final verdict. In other words, now that he is Muskar, in other words, once he is Muskar, I like Reb Mayer's opinion. That's what he's saying. I rule with Reb Mayer that we send him to check. Now, if he's a Muskar, what is his status already? He has to leave the community. Uh, no, he doesn't leave the community, but he separates from his wife. So now he's saying, you know what? I would say I would hold like Reb Mayer and we could check it out. 
Now, this doesn't mean he holds like Rebeir per se, but he said we would have the coin check it out. Now, why would he have the coin check it out? Well, let's see what would happen over here. If you're going to one who is a muskar, where he is not outside the community, but he's separated from his wife. Well, one of two things is going to happen, right? We don't know. Yeah. Coin going. Either coin's going to say you're fine. Right. Once he's fine, this is tar after muskar. He doesn't have to leave the community, and he doesn't have to separate from his wife because he wasn't a for sure tzara. So that's for sure a good scenario, right? Now, what if he says he is really Tomei, complete Tomei? He's a muhlat. Well, now he drops down to this, which means he leaves the community, but he can still be with his wife. So now the question is, what's he saying that he holds like Reb Meir? Is he saying he holds like Reb Meir? Okay, we'll just let him check it out, and then he will just uh, either say what's good or not good. We have to know what that means right now. Why does he say you can do it? Because there's one good scenario, but isn't there one bad scenario? But he says, I hold like Rebbe Mayer in that situation. So let's take a look. He says he can examine him to determine whether he should be declared tar and released from confinement. Or he should be confirmed as a Mitzara. So it's interesting. He's saying, I hold like Reb Meir. Now, the real machlokas really is, do you send the coin out? Do you not send the coin out? Now, Reb Meir said, we send the coin out to be lenient, but not to be strict. Yeah. The other, Reb Yudas said, we don't send them out at all because you can't pick and choose. Reb Yudas says, I appear to say we would send the coin out like Reb Meir in the case where the guy is a mus- was, is a muskar, where he's, we're not sure. Then we'll send them out. Oh, well, hold on. I know it's got to be a lot of stuff. And I say we hold like Rebiosi that we don't send him when he was a for sure Kohen. In other words, he doesn't like the results that will come from that. What does all this mean? Okay. So he says in that case, in the Muchlat, a Kohen may not examine a confirmed Mitzar Kolomoid to determine whether his condition has healed. In other words, he's saying like this. If he's a muskar, that he's, we're not sure, we, I hold like Reb Meir, and we send him out. If he's for sure a muhlat, then I hold like Reb Yehuda, and we don't send him out. That's what he's saying. Why? So let's take a look. Rebbe essentially concurs with Reb Yossi that once the coin examines an afflicted person, He's required to render a decision. That's what he really holds like. But he could say, well, sometimes I'll send and sometimes I won't. So let's see what the... But however, Rabbi holds that any verdict that the coin renders in the case of a confined Mitzorah will not deter him from rejoicing. Uh, confined confined Mitzorah will not deter him from rejoicing on the festival. On the other hand, in the case of a confined Confirmed Mitzara, oh, okay. the coin's decision might deserve, disturb his festival's joy. Rebbe's reasoning will be explained on Dav Zion Amid Beis. So he's basically holding that like Rabbi Yossi, that you have to examine it. And therefore, and uh, that once you see it, you have to examine it. But uh, we don't do things that will deter his enjoyment. So... The question now is, okay, so he says if he was a Mitzorah Muskar, I hold like Rameer, we send him. Right? 
Now, what does that mean we send them? That means, now Reb Meir says we send, but only to say what's good and not what's bad, right? To this point, Rabbi Yosef saying, I hold by Reb Meir only that we send them, but I don't hold that we say what's good or what's bad. He has to say what he says. Remember, the real machlokas, Reb Yosef and Reb Meir, is Reb Yosef says once a coin sees, he has to say. So someone's better don't send. Better don't send. Reb Meir says you can always send, and you just withhold the bad. They just say the good. That's the machlokas. So what's Rebbe saying? Rebbe is essentially saying, I hold like Rebbe Yossi, that the coin has to say what he says. But sometimes I'll say, therefore, either we send or we don't send. In other words, let's say he says, okay, I hold like Rebbe, we're going to send him if he is a muskar. Yeah. He's a muskar. What does it mean right now he's a muskar? He doesn't have to leave the community, but he has to be separated from his wife. So I'm going to send the coin. You know why? Because only good will happen no matter what. Why? Because if he is Tahar, then everything's fine. If he becomes Tame, right? If now he's going to be a Tame, he has to leave the community, but he benefits, he can be with his wife. No, he doesn't have to leave. No, must he leave the community? When he was a Muscar, no. But if. But if the Kohen now says you're for sure bad, oh, okay. All right. then he becomes, yes, but now he's not prohibited from his wife. And that's good for him. Yeah. He holds that's better. So you can't lose. I guess he, it depends on no, the so Rabbi Yehuda holds being with your wife is a better yeah. symptom yeah. than not. But Rabbi Yehuda is saying my general understanding of men is they prefer to be with their wife than to be with other people. This is a machlokas, but he's entitled to say what his opinion is. He can feel. So therefore, he's saying, listen, Rabbi Yehud, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is saying, I agree with Rabbi Meir, we'll send the coin out when he's a muskar. Why? Because it'll only be good. We'll come. Why? Because, let's put it this way, if he's tar, he's tar. If nothing changes, remember, remember he said, oh, I, you have to wait another week. Well, nothing changed. So he didn't make it any worse. So what's the worst? You make him a complete mitzara. So what is the difference? He leaves the community, but now he can be with his wife. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, that is the most important part of Simcha. So therefore, I can do it. Therefore, I say we hold like Rabbi Yehuda, not because I hold essentially like Rabbi Yehuda, because I hold like Rabbi Yehuda. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to say it, but it'll turn out Good, no matter what. On the other hand, if he's a muhlat, I'd say don't send. I hold like Rabbi Huda, don't send him. Why don't send him? Because if he's a muhlat, what could happen? We can now say he's going to be tar. But if he said it's better to be with a wife, why would that Wait, be Wait, he says send him now if he's a muhlat. Yeah. If, let's say the guy is a muhlat, he already cannot be with his wife. Right. So now if I send him, he can now be good to be with his wife. And that will also be good. Follow? Rabbi Yehuda's whole point is what's the better situation is to be with his wife. To be with his wife. And therefore, there's a machlokas. Rabbi Meir says, send him and he can say whatever he wants. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, if you send him, he has to say everything. Something's better not to send. So therefore, he's saying it's sometimes it's better not to send because when he's a muhlat, and right now is a muhlat, he left the community, but he's with his wife. 
So now if we're going to send the guy and you hold like Rabbi Yossi, you have to see what you say, say what you see, it might be he's going to say, oh, now you're tar, now you come back to the community, but you got to separate from your wife. So better don't send him. Better don't send him. On the case where he's a muskar, where he has not left the community, but he's already been separated from his wife, so now we will send him, not that I hold like Rebeir, you can just say what you want. No, you'll have to say, but if you have to say, he can now be permitted to his wife. So that's where Yossi is saying, I hold like Rebeir, mean to say, not the essential Rebeir that says, well, whatever you see, you say only what you want, and you don't have to say what's bad. So no, 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 I hold like Yossi, you gotta say what you see. The question is, so do you go or not? So that really it comes out, it's really essentially like Rebeir. That means that you see, you got to say. So therefore, in one situation, better don't send him. The other one is, go and send him. Because it can only come out good. That is what Rabbi Yossi, uh, Rabbi Hudanasi says. We've just begun the tip of the iceberg. Okay, amazing. Shkoyach. That's fine. Forks, knives, paper, towels, the brown ones, small plates, drinking cups, napkins, coffee cups. Do we have lids? Lids? Yeah, for the coffee cups. Do we have lids? Okay. Thanks for the live chicken. I really appreciate it.